Hi, everybody. I'm Don Mitchell, and welcome to Dawn of Sports. This week, a little selfish for me. I'm a former soccer player, so I love picking the brains of female soccer players and men. But we have the great sporting director and head coach of Minnesota Aurora, Nicole Lukic. You all know what a phenomenal two seasons this team has had, but also how they've changed the environment of sports here in Minnesota in such a short amount of time. So I'm really looking forward to introducing her to you. Yes, welcome back to the Dawn of Sports. And Dawn, I got to spend Sunday afternoon at the barn uh, you and I spend a lot of time around the Vikings during Viking season. When the Vikings are done, we get to go do more of other things. And one of the cool other things I've gotten to do, go watch the uh, Gopher women's basketball team. And tell you what, Maya Battle not only played well, she not only made a big shot. What a fun person to talk to. Uh, great big personality. Uh, what a great She's going to be a great ambassador for that, that uh, team and that sport. She hits a big three-pointer to give – the Gophers a victory, and now they're three and two. Uh, that team hasn't finished above five hundred in conference play since two thousand eighteen. They've got a chance to do it again this year. Yeah, and I, what I really love about it is um, the game before that they lost. You know, and there were so many people yeah. go here they go here they go. This is where it changes. There's so many pessimistic people. I'm like that's one loss. So to see them bounce back, it was great. And I think I'm glad you said that about the, what a great personality. Not that that matters on the court, but I really think for a program that really wants to find its footing again and to be relevant again, it's great to have someone to get behind, you know, like a personality that can be like, yes, oh, I love her. Um, and the, the barn has been filling. That has been great to see. I know that many people complain over the years that they don't get enough people, but um, I've been really enjoying that. I didn't even mind their loss. So, um, you know, as long as they battle, you're not going to win every single game. So, you know, to to be like that in the Big Ten, that's awesome. Yeah, and they survive a very rare bad shooting night from Mara Braun. Uh, but mm -hmm. Mara Braun and Amaya Battle, listen, they've got a bunch of softwares. Hire's a very good player. Rikulski's a really good player. Hart's a good player. They're starting to put together a real bench unit that's, that can perform well. But the Nebraska win, I think, is big. Because Nebraska is good. Nebraska, you know, received some votes for top 25 in the AP poll. They were four and one of the Big Ten. You're playing them at home. Those are exactly the kind of games that if you win, you've got a chance to be 500 or better in the Big Ten. And guess what? Eight or nine Big Ten teams are probably going to go to the NCAA tournament. If this team can play 500 or better in conference, it's going to go to the tournament again for the first time since like 2018. That's the kind of breakthrough people have been waiting for. And I also think there's a lot to do with the coaching, right? There's yep. a lot to, all right, I rarely see this team make the same egregious mistakes and, or there really haven't been egregious, but I, I have not seen the team make the same kind of mistake, shall I say, twice. Um, so Don, Don really has this team uh, kind of honing in on the basics, but also playing loose at the same time. And to do that and to play that well against Nebraska, that was impressive to see. So I'm like, the coaching in that game was awesome. No doubt. Dawn of Sports is brought to you by Rudy Luther Toyota. If you know anybody who would like to sponsor the show, like to reach our audience, you can reach our sales executive, Karen Cleary, at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at talknorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. 
It's easy. You know the deal. We've got a couple of Viking shows. We have a great baseball show, great hockey show, great basketball show with Jack Rosinski that's doing great this time of year. And let's get on to the Timberwolves now. Timberwolves win one of, one of the most impressive victories of the year on Sunday against the Clippers. The Clippers had about the best record in the NBA since the beginning of December. They're completely healthy. They've been playing great. And the Wolves, frankly, for three and a half quarters, took them apart. Now, the, yeah, the, Clippers, the Clippers made a nice run late, made it close, but the, the Wolves really dominated that game. You took the words right out of my mouth. They did not fall to a late Clippers run, and we have yep. seen that in the past. So, yes, you, you kind of took it right out of my brain and said it, Jim, because, uh, of course, after you lose to the Celtics, right, in overtime, and then the Trailblazers come in, you needed that after that, right? The Trailblazers, thank you very much for a nice feel-good win. But then when the Clippers came in, that's where the rubber meets the road, and they didn't collapse. They still were having fun. They had great runs. They survived the Clippers run. And that's not that I didn't think that beforehand, but I'm like, that's what I want to see in a team. Like there's been a lot of blowouts um, and there's been a lot of close losses, but I wanted to see them in the nitty gritty, what they do. And it was impressive. Yeah. Great victory. They're still atop the Western conference. Uh, They've got a nice, nice array of very impressive victories. And, uh, I actually think they're getting better at this point. Uh, the defense on Sunday was excellent. I think their offense is coming around. Uh, I I think if there's anything to pick on about this team is that they don't they aren't as deep as we thought they might be at this point. Shake Milton has not panned out. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. is in and out. Uh, they really went with an eight man rotation on Sunday, but but the eight players they have playing the most minutes have been fantastic. Yeah, and I love their, all right, so it may not be a super deep bench, but the guys that come off the bench are awesome. Um, They're just so much fun to watch. So it's not like, okay, here's your starting group, and then some other guys come in and it falls off. It's like, you know, once you get Nas Reed in there, it doesn't matter. But I love the fact that Cat, and I know that you've been on the Cat bandwagon especially hard this year, and I'm joining you on there because I really like how he has been. He does not have to be the star of every single game, but he's always there. He's If, if he's not the leading scorer, he's like two points behind. But his defense and how he's just connecting with the other teammates this year, I really, I've been enjoying that. I'm like the resurgence of Cat. Not that he ever went down, but it's kind of like, yes, he just kind of like lifts everyone up. And what can you say about Ant? I can watch that guy just shoot free throws of practice. He just is so good. He, yeah, and that, I, he just smiles and makes it all look so easy, right? So easy. And uh, as you said, Cat is playing the best defense he's ever played. He's always been a very good offensive player, but uh, his defense is by far, this is the by far the best he's ever played defense. And that's one of the keys to them having a great team defense. And the, and the team defense is spectacular. I mean, that's, it's hard to slow down the Clippers and they really shut him down for about three and a half quarters. Yeah, that was so good to see. I did see that. I was, gosh, this whole weekend, I didn't know what game to watch at what point. You know, my first Sunday off, I was like a kid in a candy store. I'm like, okay, let me swap over here. Let me swap over here. Let me watch this game. Let me watch football. It was so good. But when I got back to the Timberwolves, every single time I'm like, uh, oh, look, the Clippers are, nope, they shut them down, shut them down. It was so good to see. Our guest today is going to be Minnesota Aurora coach, Nicole Lukic, uh, somebody I've got, I've really enjoyed talking to a lot uh, since the team was founded. Of course, we're friends with Andre Yak, who does 
such did such great work helping get this thing started uh, and has handed off a lot of the managerial duties for the organization to to other people of course nicole has uh, has become a an even bigger part of the organization they've expanded the organization really impressive coach and personality don's conversation with her will be here soon right now we do want to thank rudy luther toyota uh, for sponsoring this show uh, for sponsoring a variety of shows across this network and for being such great sponsors of women's sports ready for a women forward car dealership Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. So what did you watch on Sunday, Don? Oh, my gosh. You know what? I had my first Sunday, Monday off. So it's I'm enjoying the Monday. But yesterday, I watched all the football. And I don't know. Some people on Twitter either hated me for it or loved me for it. But I loved the fact that the Lions won. Yes. I loved it. Um, some people are like, they're a dirty team. Or, you know, to see the emotions of the fans in the stands and just um, can we all feel for Jared Goff in a way, right? And then to play the Rams, like just everything that went into that game. I enjoyed every single minute of it. And Dan Campbell just, you know, He's just as gritty as the city, right? And and I enjoy it. And I love the part on the telecast where they said his wife said when he bakes brownies, he's such a perfectionist that if they come out wrong or not up to his liking, he throws it all away and starts over. And I I'm like, it. oh, my God, that just made me like him even more. So um, and then I don't know if you saw at the end um, this morning, I saw it on social media where, you know, they hand all the game balls, you know, in the, in the locker room like every team does. But how he said, you know. Uh, Jared Goff, we want you, you know, Detroit wants you. Um, you know, I love a good underdog story. I don't know. I, I do. And it was fantastic. I mean, I started covering the NFL in 1989 and Barry Sanders in his prime. And I got to see the lions be a competitive team. They won a playoff game in 1991 and then nothing first playoff victory since 91. My, a lot of my extended family lived in or around Detroit and between family trips and baseball and football trips. I've spent a lot of time in Detroit and it was really sad what happened to the city. And, you know, when you're in a certain mood or you're snarky, you could have made fun of Detroit. I think I probably did at times. I feel guilty about it now, but it was a great American city that had fallen completely into disrepair. It was a sad American story. And now guess what? Downtown is hopping. You can walk around downtown again. Uh, Greektown is lively. They have music uh, theaters open. They have their sporting venues are downtown now. It's it's the city's come to life, and the Lions are a part of that. And so I I really am rooting for the Lions because I think they mean a lot to that city and the Midwest. Absolutely, and you know. They said, okay, the team used to be a joke even. And and Ron Johnson is on our coverage with the Vikings and he's from there. And, you know, he said, after a while, you're just like, the Lions are going to Lions. And the fact that they haven't, um, they rebuilt it. They said, this is what they're going to do. They stuck to their guns. And now this is what they're doing this season. 
I just said, I just love seeing a resurgence, a phoenix rising from the ashes, literally. It's just, it's great to see. And I enjoyed watching the Dallas and Green Bay game as well. Um, You know, I like Jerry Jones. I've met him personally. I really find him to be fascinating as a good guy, but it was also kind of cool to see Jordan Love kind of have his comeuppance and, and say like, hey, I've been improving too. So that was interesting to see. And I know all Vikings fans like it's not interesting to see, but if you step away from it, you know, I'm not um, a fan, I'm a journalist. And just from a good story point of view, I'm enjoying it all. And I think that, uh, you know, you look down and Jerry Jones had his phone. I bet you he was calling Bill Belichick. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I do have a couple of FTGs done. Ooh, a couple. Uh, yeah. And one is uh, you and I don't disagree very often, but I know you said some nice things about Jerry Jones. Jerry, Jerry Jones is very good with the media and he's a very good business person and a very good marketer. But I, I got to say, though, I, and I covered Jerry. I got to know him very well. He would offer me Johnny Walker blue every time I walked by his office. Ooh. Um, yeah, I didn't take him up on it, but Jerry, Jerry took himself up on it. Um, <laughs> but so Jerry hires Jimmy jo- Johnson. Great hire. Jimmy builds a dynasty for him. He blows it up because he wanted to get more credit. There's, It's not a coincidence that the Cowboys haven't won since, whatever, 95. It's because Jerry wants all the credit. He wants to be the central figure in the organization. He wants to do all the interviews. He wants to be the big deal. It's really hard to run a championship organization when the main, the person who owns it wants all the attention and all the credit. So FTG Jerry Jones. <laughs> now I've not had to deal with him professionally. I'm well, I was at the game obviously to cover it professionally, but um, it was pregame and he just came over to me. I had a friend of mine. She lived in Dallas at the time. So she was there pregame with me and you know, maybe he just wanted to chat with two young women. I don't know, but he just uh, well, pop, popped I, up out of nowhere and started like chatting us up. <laughs> knowing Jerry that uh, he had some ulterior motives and he probably <laughs> was going to invite you someplace. <laughs> he was very kind, very professional, very classy. I had, we had great conversations, laughed, blah, blah, blah. And then he just, he popped back to wherever he popped out of. So, um, he was like just in the bowels of, you know, the old cowboy stadium. Um, and so I was like, wow, he's very personable. He's very kind. He's very nice. Um, so I don't have any wherewithal in terms of having to cover and, and what he had to do, but, and I know that he just buried the hatchet though. Right. With Jerry um, Johnson, fine. Yeah, oh, yeah, it only took him yeah, yeah. 28 years. Yeah, because he announced Jim, that he was going in finally into him, their ring of honor. <laughs> yeah, it took him a long time to get around to actually inducting the guy who won him three Super Bowls. Uh, oh. you know, just, it's, again, Jerry, Jerry is entertaining. I don't trust the guy at all. That's funny. You know, um, what was I going to say about Jerry Jones? Something else will come up. Uh, doesn't he have a, a daughter that still works with the team? Yeah. And I, I, I knew his daughter. Uh, she's actually, his she's daughter's fantastic. Actually really, she's really impressive. Charlotte. Yes. Uh, yes. Has, his, his daughter's a dynamo. She's a very impressive. And listen, the again, they're good at business. Okay. They're, they've, they have turned the Cowboys into one of the great businesses in the world. Uh, they're very good at making money. Uh, but if Jerry could ever just control his ego enough just to like let other people do the work and get the credit, then they'd probably have more than zero Super Bowls since 1995. So interesting. So FTG for you for Jerry. Yes. Okay. 
And, um, and by the way, the other the other FTGA. Yeah, you, oh, yeah, that's right. You have another one. I got uh, the NFL for not preventing or punishing shots to the knee. We saw TJ Hawkinson get taken off and uh, taken out by a dirty play. As great as I, as much as I love the Lions story, and I do love the Lions story, they also had a player take out Tyler Higby with a, a blatant knee shot. That's got to be taken out of the NFL. Yeah, it's they've done a great job taking out the headshot. You can't take out the headshot and let people just wipe out somebody's knee with a, a targeted shot. Yeah, it's not rugby. And these are pros, right? I know that was the big debate after the game, too. Um, People were saying some of the players were asked if you had to take a shot to the head or to the knee, you know, what would you prefer? And they, well, we'd prefer none, but like, well, I prefer them to the knee over the head, but still, it's not good. You know, it's not an either or proposition here. So they shouldn't be, yeah, they shouldn't have to make that choice. Um, And I, I guess mine's a kind FTG. Well, okay, FT- you, can, you can be the kind uh, one on this show. Yeah, it works. Um, a kind FTG. So, like, it's not full of vim and vigor. Um, for the young kids, you might have to look that up. But it's not full of passion. It's more like a, an observation. So, for the people that were mad at Taylor Swift for, like, swaying with the crowd and kind of getting into it on the Frosty game – just FTG. You know, it's it's enjoyable. It's fun. We know they're dating now. It's not for show, or if it is for show, blah, blah, blah. She's having a good time at the and she was having a good time. It was enjoyable. It was a good cutaway, as we call it, in the business. I enjoyed that. I enjoy seeing the underdog win. I, I enjoy seeing the lines win. I don't like the shot to the knees, but I just enjoy what the the more of what sports is. And the people that always want to tear it down, always want to complain about something, are always like those people are never happy. And it's mostly in the X verse or the Twitter verse. Um, FTG to those people. Just enjoy, enjoy something. Also, don't be afraid of Taylor Swift. Okay, you're, if you're afraid of a powerful woman, you're telling on yourself. Uh, you know, don't be afraid of Taylor Swift. Don't feel like you need to bash Taylor Swift. Uh, you know, she's an incredible artist. She's an incredible Thank artist. You. She's an incredible human being. I don't care whether she dates a football player or not. That is, I. But but guess what? When the foremost celebrity in America is dating one of the foremost athletes in America and shows up at his games. She's going to end up on camera. You just can't. She's going to end up on camera. She yep. is. And you know what? For the people, oh, another FTG. For the people who are saying, oh, so um, Travis Kelsey is not playing as well. But, you know, this is the story that we've heard well before this couple, right? Just insert other famous people's names that it's because he's dating her, he's not playing that well. You know, like it's her fault that he dropped that ball. Um, so I'm like, well, I don't see her messing up her lyrics. She changes them on purpose, but I don't see her messing up because she's dating a, a guy that's won a Super Bowl. So it, it's all I, I don't just like that misogyny. Dynamic. It's yep. just misogyny. And, and you know what? Here's, here's the other thing. Um, the Chiefs did not have a great season by their standards, but right. they had a home playoff game. They won the home playoff game. And if you watch their games, which I watch all their games, because I love watching Patrick Mahomes. I um, do too. Mm-hmm. If Kadarius Tony had played like a professional football player this year, yes, they would have won like 13 or 14 games. They would have had the one seed. Uh, that was the variable in their season, not Taylor Swift or Travis Kelsey. Right. Know, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey dropped a few passes this year. He still had a great season. Uh, yes. Kadarius Tony 
And the fact that the wide receivers didn't develop is the reason they didn't win their usual 13 games. Yeah. And maybe Travis Kelsey, the only thing I can say is, and this is a preference. He's too happy. That's what it is. He's too happy. He And if it's cold, put a layer on underneath. Oh, yeah, he you could do that frozen. too. He looked frozen, but that's just, you know, me he, talking out of, out of turn here. All right, so that's well, good all stuff. That's good stuff, and we <laughs> want to spend some time now with Nicole Lukic. Uh, she's a great great human being, great soccer coach. Uh, good good for Dawn for getting her on another, another in a long, continuing series of great conversations with great women. Well, the guest we have on today, Jim, I'm so excited about. We talk about Minnesota Aurora all the time, but today we have their sporting director and head coach of Minnesota Aurora, Nicole Lukic, joining us. Nicole, we all know that this team has just kind of been embraced by Minnesota and has just boomed, but you can't say Minnesota Aurora without your name in it either. This is, has to be a great ride for you. Oh, it's been fantastic. And I feel so fortunate to be in a market with our amazing fans and our amazing media groups because everybody has really helped Aurora come to be what it is. Um, And yeah, just really excited building, working on season three right now. And I'm counting down the days. And I want to say congratulations because in September you have this new expanded role to sporting director in addition to head coach. And that is a huge deal. Congratulations. Um, how do you feel when, when they finally said, we're finally doing this for you? <laughs> it felt great. Um, I have been working full-time in the youth soccer space the last two years while building Minnesota Aurora. Um, so to be able to expand it and really throw more of my time into Aurora, I'm just really excited about that. Um, I have been doing a lot of the things that I will continue to do over the last years and, and keep growing it. But now I just get to put more concentrated effort into Aurora year round, which is truly amazing. And I'm really grateful for the opportunity. What has been the biggest like um, positive for you in that regards? I mean, it's hard to wear a lot of hats when you're like, okay, now I'm in my Aurora space and now I'm in my other space, right? Yeah, absolutely. You wear a lot of hats for sure in soccer. I think no matter what you're doing. Um, but for me to be really be a part of a club and organization that is women-led, women-focused uh, has been truly special for me. I have had a lot of amazing men in my sports life um, that have been mentors to me, but I've really never had the opportunity to work with so many women um, and like-minded driven women in sports. So it's been really cool and just a refreshing experience for me. Oh, you pushed the right button for this podcast. That's what we talk about a lot. I wanted to do a podcast that is about strong women, but not at the um, exclusion of men, because I have had amazing men, mentors, also friends, and, and they're fantastic. And, and um, I did not want to do a podcast. And, and that's why I love that I'm with Jim on this, because there's tons of men out there that you learn from, and they help you and support you. Um, And then it is a different dynamic to work with all women. Um, so how is that mental shift sometimes when now you're the boss, but you have other women where before you're like, well, I kind of have to act like a guy or I have to think like a guy. I don't know. (laughs) Sometimes when you're an athlete, you do think like a guy. I know I do. Um, or I've been told I have, I mean, I'm a woman, I don't know. Um, but, uh, it's kind of been an interesting experience I'm assuming for you. Right. 
Yeah, it's a interesting dynamic for sure. Um, again, super fortunate to have amazing men in my life. But uh, the last two seasons at Minnesota Aurora, I had an all-female coaching staff, which I've never even spent uh, time in a soccer capacity working with another woman, one other woman full-time in a, on the field. So that was really cool to have Jenny, Jen, and Cassie just be a part of our foundation and what we're doing at Minnesota Aurora. Um, they all contributed to our environment and what we're able to offer our players on a daily basis tremendously. Um, I've been in a lot of leadership roles in soccer, so I don't know. It's, it's definitely an interesting thing to navigate when you sit back and think about it, like just the dynamics of working with men versus women. But, um, I don't know that I have a preference or like, it's not like one or the other. It's definitely just like finding the right people who support you every day. Right. So it's been cool to say the least. It's just been different. Yeah, I I like my brother is a coach and he said um and I have a lot of guy friends that have coached women and even I'm talking about on the national level and they would say the interesting thing about women is you don't have to tell them twice, right? They'll 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 get it, but you also hear everything about their life. You hear everything. You know who they're dating, you know their parents' names, you know, you know like what what outfits. He said you have to be ready to be all in. And I think think on a management level, that's kind of how it is too, right? Women, we just, we just bring everything to the table. Jim and Brandon on this podcast, they hear a lot from me, you know, we just <laughs> yes, open we up do. our lives, <laughs> right? Jim's like, yes, we do. We just, we just kind of engulf people. That's right. We do, but we can't do it without the man and Jim. You've been absolutely fantastic at covering Minnesota Aurora. So I want to give you a shout out and just, we really appreciate everything you do for the team as well. Well, it's just, it's been a blast. Uh, it's it's a great story. I mean, you know, I, so I feel like I'm only doing my job if I cover a really good Minnesota story and Minnesota Roar has been a great Minnesota story. Let me ask you, you a question though. Are, is there any level of surprise in your mind when you see what's happened? Did you, did you think it, Aurora could go this far, this fast? I'm a dreamer, Jim, so I always dream pretty big. Um, I always, like, want to, you know, push to be the best we can and push boundaries. So um, as soon as I met Andrea, Wes, uh, Andrea, and and the founders and the board that were putting it together, um, I think they made it really easy for me to dream big. And the first trip, I took to TCO Stadium, and um, some people were talking about, like, hopefully we can – sell out one side of this place um you know maybe we'll put we'll put the fans on this side and we'll close off the other stadium you know i'm just standing there like why can't we why can't we fill it um (laughs) so you know it's one thing to think and dream it and then put all the work in our group has just been amazing at working together to to make this thing go and then obviously the big push from the community owners and the community to support us has been incredible but yeah, I like to dream big. Um, of course, I like to dream about championships too, which is winning one is something we still want to do. So um, as I'm building my roster and working on things for the 2024 season, I'm still dreaming about that. I know um, the first taste I got of what you were going to be like as a coach was that first opening game. 
And what <laughs> I loved, it would have been so easy to be like, wow, it's uh, this is feeling good. It's a packed house. You know where I'm going with this. Packed yep. house. Everything's great. And you tied and you were ticked off. You were not. I and I was like, woo, she's hot. And I loved that. Yeah, it was just like, it was so close to like the perfect opening night. Um, you know, it was 1-0 most of the game, but then to give up a goal, I think it was like in the last minute and a half of that game was just like, ah, got ripped out right from underneath us. And mm -hmm. there were so many positives from that night, but I am super competitive and um, really believe that like when you've, you've got a win, like you're up in a game, um, you should make it as hard as you can to never give that up. And I thought we gave it up way too easily in the last minute and a half just from being unfocused. Well, let's clarify. There was no such thing as way too competitive. And I loved seeing True. that fire. I said, woo, she is setting the tone. That's how I took it. I was like, yes. So don't back off on that. I loved it from, from the jump. You are, you were welcome. I was like, yes, because that's what I would have been. I was because sometimes I think, okay. That's how I would have been. But many people say, well, you're from the East Coast. So maybe I should just back off. And then when <laughs> yeah. I saw you, I'm like, hey, she played at UW Wisconsin and she's mad too, you know? So um, it, it just, I loved it from the jump. Let's go back a little bit. I know that you did play in Milwaukee. I used to work in Milwaukee. Yep. Love that town. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was, um, how was it? You're Midwest, you know, trying to get everyone like, okay, I know you love basketball. I know you love, you know, hockey. Like, Hey, this is, this is soccer. You know, let, let's start doing it. I, I know that Milwaukee was really all in on it. And then you went to lacrosse to be an assistant coach, but when you were playing, how was it for you? Uh, UW-Milwaukee is a fantastic place for women's soccer. Um, mm -hmm. They don't have a football team there. So really our fan and crowd support there was second to men's basketball. Um, but, you know, not the same season. So first mm -hmm. during our season, I would say uh, we had tremendous crowds at the time, you know, 1,000 to 2,000 people for our bigger in-state opponents like Marquette, Wisconsin, and Green Bay. Um, which is a big deal for yeah, back then and still is, is for most programs. Um, so I really loved going there. It was close to home. Um, I had compartment syndrome in my legs, so it was important for me to be close to home in case that went sideways, which it kind of did. But <laughs> it, oh my was, gosh. it was a place where winning was really a tradition. Um, we played a Big Ten schedule in the offseason, basically – Mike mm -hmm. and David, our coaches at the time, did a really good job of pushing us to play, you know, the top 25 competition. We were usually in the top 25 while I was there and got to play an NCAA tournament. So, um, and even going back to my high school, like we won the conference every year. So I feel fortunate to have grown up in programs that have set a good example of what a winning environment looks like, feels like, and what uh, enjoyment in those cultures also looks like. If you don't mind me asking about your compartment syndrome, I know kind of everyone got a crash course when Jordan Hicks from the Vikings experienced that this season. I had a friend of mine that had had it in the past. So I knew it was serious. Um, if you don't mind talking a little bit about it, how did, did it start from just like a shin or leg injury, obviously, but, but that's scary stuff, Nicole. It is. Um, I'm guessing he probably had the one that came on quickly from an injury. I had the one that is delayed over time. 
Um, so it wasn't like a blow that caused it, but uh-huh. it's really just like a buildup of, they don't know if it's overuse or genetics. Um, but basically I had it in both legs. I started kind of getting a sense that I had it when I was 17 or 18 before I even got to college. But then obviously being in a division one setting, like, um, just, you know, playing more and at a higher level, like it got worse. Um, so your resting compartment levels should, I believe if I'm still accurate on this from like way back when should be like between 12 to 15 in the pressure levels and my resting levels were in the high eighties to low nineties. Wow. And my work, work rate levels were in the hundreds. Um, so basically my feet would go numb and I would lose circulation in my feet and then I was dragging my feet while I was playing, which is not ideal. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that surgery after my freshman year of college. Um, and it helped for a little bit, but I would need another one if I were going to try to do any, anything super physically exerting at this point. Wow. You were so lucky. I'm so thankful that, you know, people recognized it and knew what it was and took care of it because that stuff can be so tricky. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. And I'm thankful that the Aurora has an incredible, incredible medical staff um, that our players get to work with on a daily basis so that if things do happen, we, we are well supported. And that's through our partners at TCO. I want to swap the, um, the, chat here a little bit towards the future and you had tryouts um, and Mm -hmm. and that is always difficult when you have open tryouts for any coach Um, you know who you have coming back sometimes some players are in flux and then you've got some incoming how did that go for you tryouts were incredible Um, we hosted two different sessions one in December one in January both sold out at 50 players Uh, we cap it just because of the space to make sure that everybody's getting um, time on the field for essentially the money that they're paying. Um, so yeah, it went really well. And we're, we're adding a reserve team to the club this year. So that just means even more opportunities for players to be selected. I'm in the process of um, working through kind of tryout offers right now. But yeah, it went well and um, we're excited. We're, it's just it's an exciting time for Aurora to be able to have two teams now and double the players, double the staff, uh, but lots to do in the next you know sixty days. That's for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, w- I want to talk about how it also it's growing. So now you 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 have the reserve team, but part of your mission were, was also to help women move on if they needed to. You know, some of your coaches left to to be a coach somewhere else, and also congratulations. Kelsey Kafusi, round two, pick 25 for the Portland Thorns. Your first player to go pro. It's like you're like a proud mama right now. First player to go pro in the NWSL. Um, That's right. So very, very exciting. From the draft. Yep. Uh, Very, very exciting. I was actually out at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Anaheim, California, was at the draft. Um, so really fun to be around, uh, a lot of my friends in the game, but yeah, we are incredibly proud and happy for Kelsey. The thorns definitely got a good one and we're, we're ready to cheer her on and watch her career develop in the NWSL. 
Yeah, we'll make that that clarification more so from the draft for that because you've got players that are playing in France right now, uh, others in Europe. I mean, you have been a feeder system from the jump, it seems like, ever, ever since first season. So it, it's kind of nice that you're kind of becoming the the focus of one of the powerhouses where talent is born, bred, and coming into. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with how 2023 went. I know we didn't win a championship, but... More importantly, we've been able to send now six players to the professionals from that roster, including our entire starting defensive line. Um, again, goes back to I have a lot of work to do in 60 days here, but uh, <laughs> we, we couldn't be happier for them. Uh, like you mentioned, Tiana Harris is in France, Vienna's mm-hmm. in Greece, uh, Mackenzie and Abby are in Serbia, and Ari's in Malta. So players all over the world at the next level. And um, that was one of our original goals when we built Aurora was to really help women get to the next step. Well, you're 23-0-1. I know that you've mentioned now twice you have not won a championship, but you guys are on the track to do so. I know you're very, very competitive. So when you look back, and I know that the, that brass ring is still there, but are you at least to take a moment in the off season to appreciate the hard work and, and what you have done and what this team has done so far? I do. Uh, I definitely do. Um, when you lose two games, like those games just play in a cycle and a loop in your head, mm. but then you go out and you do things in the community uh, where you're reminded by, usually by others for me, of all the great things that that you have done and um i feel that and i feel most honestly when i'm talking to our players in our postseason meetings and just how grateful they are for the season and the opportunities and the things that the aurora community provides them that most other places are not providing their players um so i feel a lot of it through that and even like social media and just like being able to see how much people truly enjoy the game day experience at Aurora. Um, Yeah, I I feel it for sure, but uh, I'm my toughest critic. That's no doubt. (laughs) You you are, (laughs) but I want to give kudos to you. Also CEO, Jessica pool, all the other women that you're working with. And we spoke earlier about the support of men. I would be remiss if I didn't mention Steven, the bus driver. I love Steven Barry. Um, and, and he's just one another fantastic story. If, if people listening don't know the backstory, he is the bus driver. He is the grandfather. He shows up to every game. He is now sometimes on the field for practices and the bench for <laughs> games. The, the girls just love him. He loves the back. Um, that has just been another, um, shall I say, like branch offshoot that has come from this beautiful team. Yeah, we all love Steven. Um, he's just one of us. He comes, like you mentioned, he comes to team dinners. We really bond with him when we're on the road. He's always looking out for us. I certainly appreciate his flexibility. And, you know, sometimes things on the road change and it never feels like a big deal if we have to change the schedule. He is just so easygoing, so caring, so kind. Uh, we are really fortunate to have him because some people not might, might not realize this, but You know, if you had a really rigid bus driver who is flexible or inflexible um, or just it it can definitely change the overall feel of being on the road. And he makes he makes road trips super enjoyable. And we're just so grateful to have him. 
Oh yeah. He's like, I, I, if they need to sleep, I make sure they're comfortable. You know, I ask them if they remembered their cleats. Um, I just, it is that added layer of protection on so many levels, physical, um, emotional, and, you know, just like you said, professional as well. Absolutely. Yep. He's always, how's the temperature on the bus? How's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> he's, he's looking out for us at all times, for sure. Well, before we let you go, Nicole, what can you say to the fans that have, and this, I am in love with all the little boys that go there, proud to wear their Aurora shirts, the dads, uh, the families, former athletes, former players, um, sometimes some of the former athletes on the pro teams will come in and support. Um, what can you say to everyone now as you're entering into year three? I just say thank you so much for supporting us this far. We hope you continue to support us. As you mentioned, uh, Jessica Poole leading our front office. I know the front office is working super hard to make sure that the 2024 game day experience it is even elevated from years past. And season ticket renewals um, are going on right now. So please, if you're part of that group, please renew. We'd love to see you out. And if you haven't been part of that group, we hope you become part of it. Um, we are working with the league on our schedule. Hopefully it'll be out the end of this month or early February. So I know all of the fans are anxious to get that. We're anxious to get it out. Um, and from a sporting side, we're adding youth camps to the club this year so that we can start engaging with those young players on the field more. So we hope to release a camp schedule shortly after the game schedule, um, and yeah, we, we appreciate your support and we can't wait to get back to TCO with all of you. Well, you have an ally in us. We will definitely get the word out for the schedule and for the, um, the camps. But I just want to say, um, I believe the third time is the charm. I think it's, I think it's your year. Don, I appreciate that. And if you can just keep putting that out into the ether uh, <laughs> every day, <laughs> I'll do it too. And let's... Uh, Let's talk in August and hopefully we're talking about a championship. All right. That, that's all I need to hear. We're going <laughs> to, in 2024, they're going to be the champs. Nicole Lukic, thank you so much. Sporting director, head coach of Minnesota Aurora, and just all around badass. We can say that. Um, <laughs> so thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks and so much luck. for having me. Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Thank you, thank you guys.